Hi, welcome to Talking Contemporary, where we will hear directly from artists and creatives from Southeast Asia as they share about what it means to make art in this time and the challenges and encounters along the way. I'm Bianca Winata Putri, curator, writer, and researcher originally from Jakarta, Indonesia, and now based in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, I'm joined by Bangkok-based artist and fellow Melbournian, Kawita Vatanajangkur. I'm a big fan of Kawita's practice, especially her series of performances that comment on current issues in Thailand, such as labor, fast fashion, standards of beauty, and the role of women in contemporary society. In this conversation, we talked about Kawita's beginnings as an artist, asking the question, what is beauty? And in turn, what is ugliness? Kawita's move to Thailand was also a big turning point in her artistic practice, where she starts to question the different societal standards of beauty and of women, particularly in Asia, which led to her series of performances where she manifested as household objects. A sponge, a dustpan, a mop, an ice shaver, amongst other things. It's such a rich and fascinating discussion, I can't wait for you to listen. Before we jump into the conversation, I'd like to share a bit more about our special guest. Kawita Vatanajiankur works across performance, video, and photography. She has achieved significant recognition since graduating from RMIT University in Melbourne with a BA in Fine Art. Her works have been exhibited and collected numerously across the world in Asia, Australia, Europe, and the United States. Kawita, thanks for joining us today. Hello, hi, Bianca. <laughs> um, so, we both spent time in Melbourne. We both uh, did our bachelor degrees in Melbourne. We were both into arts. Looks like we have a couple of things in common, which is exciting. Um, I wanted to start with a question coming back to the beginning. So how did you find art? How did you, uh, why did you start making art? Because I know that you started with uh, a fashion degree, is that correct? Yeah, well, I, well, I sort of found it by um, coincidence, I suppose. So that was when, well, I, I, well, I did, um, art and Design Foundation Studies at IMIT, where I had to explore everything. I found, I realized that I really like um, like photography and um, illustrations and, you know, paintings, sculptures, everything. But um, I didn't discover video art yet when I was in Foundation Studies. And then I went on and then I did, found, uh, I did fashion and textiles. And I found that, you know, like there was something missing there's something about about design that you know I felt as if I had to um design is sort of like this creating this form that follows uh, function and follows the customer's um, requirements and needs and I felt that I wanted to, to do something that was sort of found some deeper meanings I guess and that was when I started to um, apply for fine arts. Um, and when I first started to apply for fine arts, I thought, okay, it was maybe it was painting. You know, I I didn't I didn't know about um, other mediums or you know new new media in in fine arts that I would later discover. So 
um, when I first came into the classroom for fine arts, and that was this was when this was about two thousand and nine. So that was my first class, and um, so the the I remember that the lecturers told me that you know what is beauty, um, what is the meaning of of being beautiful. Is can ugliness in other meanings be beautiful? You know, if can ugliness be beautiful if it has meanings or if it has context? And I felt like this was a very challenging questions, and I feel that I was home right after right after I had to question that very question. That's beautiful. I feel like the question of beauty and ugliness is also very subjective and very right. expanded, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, ugliness is sort of something that um, the society has sort of made us all believe and perceive. You know, what is beautiful, what is pretty, what is ugly. Um, it's what the industries are selling us. You know, this is this is this shape of a woman is beautiful. This um, um, if this skin is beautiful, and you know, like this body form is beautiful. So, I think you really need to be able to question those perceptions and 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 think if if it's even real. You know, and and I think art has has made us all sort of question those and realize that, you know, those are just illusions. Yeah. And, you know, your works always look into the truth behind um, objects, behind beauty, behind the human body. So um, can you share a little bit about your first work, your first ever artwork? My first ever artwork? Well, um, it was when I, when I was, when I was, when I was at in art, in art school, um, I my friend took me to this church, and that was I think that was when it was two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten. I can't remember um, correctly, but um, it was an exhibition by this video artist Bill Viola, and so I I went into this church. It was it was in Melbourne. And I was in, I went into this church and I found you know a chair to sit, and then in front of me was an artwork where you know a dead body seems like a dead body that was lying on the ground, and he was sort of being lifted up um, by this uh, huge amount of water and air, and he was sort of being lifted lifted up in the air, um, and. I was like, wow, this is very beautiful. And it was like, you know, the soul living the body or something. And 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 it has a lot of things to do with, you know, like the meaning of death and, and you know, sort of immortalizing the death. And it was very beautiful to look at. And I felt at that moment that, you know, I, I wanted to do this. What is this? What, what's, um, what's, what is this video art? So I think from that moment, I sort of realized that I wanted to do this. I want I wanted to be like this artist, but I didn't know what art, what medium it was. I think I think it wasn't until I it, 
I was in second year of fine arts, where I got to choose to,、um, video art as my alternative, and installations art. And that was when, that was sort of the, the first ever work that I did was sort of, you know. Interpreting and sort of、um, applying the effects that I saw in Beauty or Last Work, you know, like when you first start start doing, yeah, that, yeah,、like、sort of like, you know, like you're not totally copy the artist, of course, but like you're sort of borrowing the art、mm. effects and ideas and techniques, sort of thing, and、um, yeah, that's what I did, and and I、um, I, I bought my first video camera. Um, which was like, which was like this like compact like underwater video camera,、um, and it was by Olympus brand if I'm if I'm not wrong, and so I started to do a lot of things that was like underwater、um, shootings. So I would go like into the pool、um, and shooting me performing underwater, me screaming underwater,、um, yeah. So like and 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 that's you know many many、um, underwater shootings,、um, and also I went to、um, Saint Kilda Beach, and I was like I was holding this you know shipping box, this like a. You know, like those bugs where you you sort of、um, use to ship it to、um, ah yes yeah 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 yeah. So it's like it's like a small box, and so I I had that box, and I had like my like my Australian address written into that box, and also like my Thailand address into that box, and I was like I went to Saint Kilda Beach, I went into the sea, and then I was like I was. Sort of、um, sitting,、uh, and with inside the box, and sort of floating on the sea, like and and sort of floating into the shore,、um, and that was sort of about I think sort of migrating, like me migrating into Australia,、um, and at that very moment, like my my body was sort of disappeared into the box, and then like you could not. Only see my legs. It was like sort of sticking out from the box,、mm. and like my hair sort of sticking sticking out from the box. And I think that was like my very first artwork for me, because that it, it it sort of had had meanings behind the work about how I felt at that time, how I had to sort of adjust myself into the new culture, sort of you know migrating into Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of similar. I mean, I grew up in Indonesia. I, I I didn't attend high school in Australia, but I did have a shock when I started my bachelor degree, and you called your lecturers, your professors by name. <laughs> you know, like I, in Indonesia, you have to call them with using their honorifics. Yeah, you call them using their honorifics. You you can like it's so rude to call them by their name. <laughs> so which was a bit of a shock to me. I was like, oh, this is very different. This is so, very、yeah. new. Very very. I think like when I was in high school. I had to call um my um、uh, like call my not my name but my surnames as well. So um yeah, but then when I went to uni, it was totally just just by names and and yeah, very more much more relaxed and and、mm. I felt like I was more connected to 
my lecturers and teachers in Australia. But anyways, I, th- I think that that was like sort of the adjustment that I had to make, you know, about um, these culture shocks that I was facing and dealing with. And so that work was sort of about that, sort of about me transitioning into a new person, um, living in a new country for, you know, 10 years, <laughs> for another 10 years. And growing up as a teenager, um, not a t- not as a Thai teenager, but as an Australian teenager, to be able to be accepted and respected and and um, to be to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, with your works, it's one question after the next. Like you're always moving from one question to another in developing new works, developing new research and thinking. Um, and, you know, after you spending 10 years in Australia, you return back to Thailand. When I first came back to Thailand, I um, I was still, you know, like um, in contact with galleries um, in Australia, in Melbourne, because I wanted to be an artist very much. Um, I just um, didn't know what else I could talk about, you know, rather than, you know, migrating to Australia. So when I came back to Thailand, what I realized is that not only that I had to grow up as a teenager um, in Australia, as an Australian person, I didn't know I had too many opinions about things. And, you know, it's something that um, in the Thai society, something that the Thai society doesn't really um, um, perceive women in that way mm. um, or, you know, expect um, the roles of women to be in that way, um, but rather... Uh, a Thai woman who should be able to um, behave herself, um, be sweet, be kind. Well, kind is, has, you know, it's subjective, but, you know, be sweet and um, should be able to cook and to clean and, you know, be a good um, wife materials. That's what I Mm, yeah Um, wife materials in terms of like how does the asian society perceive what wife materials is and i started to struggle a lot because i was um i had too many opinions um i was trained to ask a lot of questions of you know is this what is this how women should value themselves? Is this how women should be valued? Um, or how women should behave? Um, like, why can't we just be ourselves? You know, we have grown up differently. We've grown up as unique individuals. Why can't we just be ourselves in order to be accepted? Why do we have to be, to follow all these rules in order to be accepted? And I felt it, it was as if, as if like I was, I was being objectified and at the same time was trying to objectify myself as well. And, you know, in order to fit within the society. Um, and so that was one thing I was trying to objectify myself in order to be, you know, perceived as this perfect women. So what I, what I, what I did was I started to ask those questions, you know, by, sort of objectifying myself in my work in order to, you know, make a statement of how we as women would objectify ourselves in terms of physical, 
and in terms of mental. So in terms of our behavior, like everyday behavior, we have to be sweet. We have to be like this like emotional shelter. Yes. And these questions and experiences of women's role and expectations in society um, is explored also in your video and performance series titled Tools. And in this series, you manifested or I guess become a household object. And one of my favorite works from the series is The Sponge. Um, and to describe this to our audience, um, in this performance, there was a bowl of dishes placed on a table. And in front of that table, we see a person's hand kind of protruding out of the frame, wearing pink dishwashing gloves, holding up a plate. And behind that plate, we see your face, Kawita, on it. Um, so in this performance, you use your face as a dishwashing sponge. And you were continuously rubbing and cleaning the plate. And you were quite literally breathing through the splashes of water and dish soap bubbles. Um, and these are real performances where you actually use your body. So there was no CGI. There was no post-production editing. Um, and there is this sense of endurance, I guess, in your performance that comments on everyday labor like cleaning dishes so yeah you're right so it's it's about it's about this like really abstract labor isn't it it's about this repetitive everyday abstract labor that we all have to do but nobody would notice but i i think that housework are usually seen as abstract work something that you know when you do when you finish it today you still have to do it tomorrow repetitively because Yeah, because that's what, because, you know, all of the dust would come again <laughs> in the next day. And you have to sort of clean all of the dust again. You have to uh, wash your dishes again. You have to clean your toilet again um, because it's everyday life. And, yeah, it's something that we don't value, um, those works. And those are works that are sort of, especially in Asia, are sort of be, uh, are expected to for women to, to be mm -hmm. working on, to be performing. And during the times that I was performing those work, I think in all, from like a human body and when you turn a human body into a tool, it was not, not very easy. <laughs> Because yeah. you sort of have to lose the sense of um, who you are, a sense of self, you know, like... Like at first, when I enter the enter the performance, um, I would sort of enter it as myself, enter it as a human body. But then I have to sort of learn to convince myself that you know I'm not I'm not a human anymore. I'm this object. I'm this this working mm. object. And I think through those you know like repetitive movements actions of mine I call those like this meditative stage so sort of being wow. being at very present so like if you're if you if you're not at present you know if you think okay when this is gonna be finished you wouldn't be able to go through this performance because it's sometimes it's really hard like there was a certain point where I didn't feel pain anymore like and I realized that you know a lot of pain like pain is is of course it's physical and emotional but when you cut out the emotional pain and when you're left with physical pain then you can sort of endure that you can sort of understand mm. the pain like i think emotional emotional pain comes from when you 
view yourself as a human being. Incredible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so interesting to hear from your perspective about losing the self and becoming object, but as an audience or as a viewer looking at the stills or looking at the performance, you're also putting life into the objects and you're kind of um, creating this kind of experience of discomfort and yeah. um, routinity and yeah. sort of, it, it almost looks painful in a lot of these stills. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's incredible. Just really incredible to hear the kind of different effects of what the audience sees and yourself performing yeah. your pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's um like uh, I'm I'm sure that you know my face would um would sort of like look as if it's it's painful, but like if you if you if you see the the progress, you would understand that you know it started off as sort of being very uncomfortable and painful, but then you know towards the end of the performance that's when you see that the face is kind of like numb and still and um pretty much lifeless um and you'd see that the actions would be very very similar to what an object would do you know like an an acting performing object would be um, for example, like in the dustpan, you would see like the face smashing onto the dustpan into the dust. Mm. Um, and then you see pain at first, but then when you go into the end of the performance, looking like further, a little bit further away, you would only see a broom. You know, like you know that that's a person, but that person is very li- lifeless now. Like, like there's no um, feelings in her face. And you would sort of see it more as a broom rather than as a person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this this concept of belonging um, mm. and labor is something that sticks through all of your practice and also in your more recent work. Because yeah. you do continuously question um, yourself in yeah. society and also um the role of labor in society, particularly in yeah. Thailand, yeah. Um, with your more recent work, the uh, Fieldwork series. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if you can share a bit about this work and what is what are your current thinking, research? What are you questioning now? Well, um, well, after that, I did so many series. So after, um, after the you know the abstract labor within the household and questioning the roles of female um, within the Asian, especially Thai society. I did this series, which was a lot easier to research, um, which was performing textiles, in which I focused on the uh, fashion, fast fashion industry in the modern days um, and how it's been sort of exploiting the women laborers behind the scenes and also the environments. Um, with uh, with performing textiles, I focus on how it's been, you know, exploiting the garment workers. They're being dehumanized. They're being ignored by the society. Um, they are someone who are hidden in the closed doors of factories, um, working repetitively every day, but don't get enough wages to live. Hmm. And so. What I do with performing textiles series is that I would go and interview them and then sort of be a messenger um, 
um, I would not claim that I know about this issue very well. Me as an artist is a messenger for them, someone who um, who expose um, and express their voices, the voices that are, that are muted by them. So in in performing style, I, I would I would act as several different machines, like the spinning wheel, um, like this human spinning machine that is spinning the yarn, the human scale weaving loom, where I use my body as the shuttle that is weaving the fabric, um, dye where I would replace my hair with the white yarns and sort of like drown my face (laughs) um I would be hung upside down and sort of be drowned within the red chemical dye until like and you if you see um the work sometimes um I'm being forced to be drowned for such a long time until I couldn't take it anymore until that person, that like invisible person sort of like bring me up to life again. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I do want to ask with this series, it the colors and the kind of phot- photography yeah. angle and it kind of reminds me of fashion magazines and yeah. you know, kind of the poppy colors. Was that intentional? Was that part yeah, of that, yeah, that uh, was, commentary on fast fashion? Yeah, that yeah. was part of it. Like, I feel like my work is, I want my work, I wished for my work to be seen on billboards, you know, like, like and, and, and that's what I've been doing Um ever since I started creating this work. So um, I feel like art, my art has a purpose to be perceived by all audience, you know, like mass audience, consumers. We all, we're all consumers. So I, wanted, I, I don't want it to only be seen in museums because that's not sort of the purpose of my artwork. My, the purpose of my artwork is to be sort of seen in public, yeah, and that really shows in your performance, your video stills, this kind of candy color, but the gesture, the body, yeah. um, and even probably zooming in to yeah. the expression is so different and it really is such a contrast. So I think you masterfully, skillfully handled that kind of line between advertisement, art, um, really well. I think that's one of the strongest kind of reactions that I get with your work is that I absolutely love the colors, but looking at your gestures, I'm like, oh gosh, she must be in so much pain. <laughs> How is she enjoying this? <laughs> very contrasting, isn't it? Like you mm. this candy, bright... Um, pretty colors, and then and then you see the action, and oh, like this is actually very violent. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can talk for another two hours. I've got heaps of questions, <laughs> but I know that we are running tight on time. Yeah. Um. So, I'm gonna ask you for the final part of this um, yeah. interview and conversation, just some rapid fire questions. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start with what do you miss most about Melbourne? Well, I miss the cafes. Yes. I think, well, I don't, I, I don't know, like this is a term that people don't use anymore, but like, you know, like cafes are like, like hipster is a very, Melbourne thing like 
like when you see all this <laughs> like that's what I miss about Melbourne um, but what I most miss about Melbourne I think it's just my I guess my friends of course um, mm. because I I was you know I was there since high school um, since year 10 and then uni I miss the museums um, and galleries in Melbourne very much um I miss how people would wear black <laughs> in Melbourne. Do you yes, uh, everyone in the arts would wear black. I mean, across, <laughs> especially um, throughout my undergrad degree, a bunch of working in galleries. That's right. I mean, you know, coffee's amazing here too. So yeah. we can't wait to have you back and visiting. Um, back. My second question is... Who is your favorite artist at the moment? I know that I find inspiration and I have heaps of favorite artists in my list. Um, but on the top of your head, who would that be? Oh, what a hard question. Because like I have, well, my all-time favorite is definitely Marina Abramovich because, mm-hmm. because of her, you know, like intense performance, how he, she, um, extended her boundaries of you know physical and psychological limits um Owen Worm um one minute sculpture was my inspiration um for like making these art as artwork like I think my work has sort of started with a sense of being a sculpture like a very one minute sculpture. Mm, yes so that's um Currently, oh, I like so many artists. There's so many great <laughs> artists around the world. Um, Melody, um, who's um, she was also studying uh, through Marina Abramovich. Practice. Oh, uh, Bumlati Suryodarmo. Yeah, yeah, you know, great. Yeah, she's an amazing her. artist. I know amazing her. Amazing performance. Well. Amazing yeah. performance. Um, I know her. I know both of them in person. So I know Marina. Um, back in 2017, I met her in um, Venice Biennale, and then um, Melody came to Bangkok um, la- uh, last year for for the Bangkok Art Biennale, and um, just recently we've been. Um, We've been um, chatting a little bit um, in in Messenger through Messenger, so I, I know both of them, and I think that they're they're amazing. Yeah, I think. Who else? Um, I know the list goes on. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. So I have so many favorites. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Malati and uh, Marina yeah. just and and seeing your performance too, I feel like you guys definitely have a lot to share and. Yeah. Um, especially with this performance as a medium and the body, the self, um, and endurance. Um, My final question, which is going to be even harder than the previous one, is um, what does art mean to you? Well, um, art, as I said in the beginning, I think it's, it's about seeking the truth that is behind and beyond what the society society is asking you to be or is making you live the society what society is or what the world is um, or who you are um and it's beyond seeking this truth beyond of course tradition and and definition 
of um, what you should be. And I think if you are um, seeking out the truth and discovering the truth and going on within the journey to seek out the truth, then you're an artist. Yeah. That is such a beautiful statement. Mm -hmm. And what a way to end this wonderful mm -hmm. conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Ka, for an amazing chat. And mm -hmm. I feel so inspired with everything that you shared. And I absolutely love that state, that final statement, but also just your incredible energy and so much questions in your head like you go from yeah. one question to another which is um, kind of what we're all doing in this life we yeah. seek answers but we don't seek one answer usually yeah. it's like we ask a question and we get more questions yeah yeah and it goes on and on and, on and this, this this is the discovery of what of you know who we are isn't it it's like us as human why are we here yeah yeah well thank you so much it's great chatting and hope you can visit melbourne soon and the same yeah. i'm hoping to visit bangkok soon too yes so hopefully i'll see you soon next year next year oh exciting yeah. i can't wait <laughs> thanks ka thank you What a wonderful and incredibly honest conversation with Kawita. I truly admire the way she approaches her artistic practice as a series of questions, one after the next, and realizing that finding truth behind our everyday encounters is indeed an ongoing process, one that is constantly changing across time. The point of her art making is not necessarily to find answers, but to keep questioning and be critical of her surroundings. You can find Kawita Vatanijiangkur online on Instagram at at Kawitav. That's at K-A-W-I-T-A-V-V. You can also find out more about the artist and her artworks on Talking Contemporary Instagram at talking.contemporary and on our website, talkingcontemporary.com. If you have an artist or creative you'd like to hear from in our future episodes, please send an email to hello at talkingcontemporary.com. Talking Contemporary Podcast is hosted by me, Bianca Winata Putri, and produced by Regan Susanto, Adela Saputra, Stefani Susanto, and Trivita Winata Putri. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.